0: Well, howdy. Welcome to the Mental Health Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Casey Waller, a licensed therapist and writer. On this show, you can look forward to brief episodes that inform, entertain, and occasionally might even inspire. The goal is for you to know or feel or try something that makes your experience of being alive a little more alive. I tell all of my clients in therapy what I want most for them, is to be the happiest, healthiest, and safest version of themselves. I want the same for you and for me. So with that, let's get to today's episode.
1: Once upon a time, burnout was a condition I honestly believed I had immunity from. No matter what anybody told me was possible, if I believed I could get the whole day done in the morning, that meant I could get the whole day done in the morning. If everything on my to-do list needed accomplishing, I could do it. And I could do it probably before yesterday. Not only that, I could do it with excellence, always. When an old boss once suggested to me that sometimes good enough is good enough, I wanted to puke. Good enough for me was never good enough. Empowered by that kind of pride, I didn't acknowledge that burnout could be a reasonable, if not probable outcome for a person like me until, well, I was burned out. Once upon a time, in other words, I was very naive. There's not a single person who's immune from burnout, just like nobody's immune from depression. But in the age of COVID, I'm increasingly hearing people talk about burnout as if it's an iteration of depression as opposed to being a distinct, albeit connected, condition. So what's the deal with that? Well, as it stands right now, the International Classification of Diseases doesn't recognize burnout as a medical condition like it does with depression. Depression is a psychiatric disorder with signs, symptoms, and effective treatments well-established over a long period of time. Now, burnout, on the other hand, is a much newer phenomenon with lesser defined symptoms and quite a bit of debate as to how to understand and treat it. Regardless of how we define it, burnout deserves our attention because its consequences can be devastating. And while burnout might not be a form of depression, I think it's helpful for us to think about burnout as a bridge that can lead to depression. So how can we know if we're burned out? And if we are, how do we prevent our burnout from sliding into a full-blown depression? I'm so glad you asked. As I said, different people define burnout in different ways and since it's not yet a classifiable medical condition, there's technically no right or wrong approach. I kind of love that because it means I can't really mess this up. So here's one option for understanding burnout that I personally find compelling. You're burned out when you consistently feel ineffective, cynical, and exhausted. I use the mnemonic ICE to help remember the symptoms. I for ineffective, C for cynical, E for exhausted. Are you burned out? Well, that depends. Do you feel like you've been put on ice? Let's start with the I. Burnout makes you feel like your efficacy is diminished. You just can't do what you used to be able to do, or at least that's how it feels. Tasks that you used to knock out in minutes now take hours the expertise you invested years to establish now feels flimsy. What once was routine has grown complex. Perhaps your best days are behind you, you think. You're filled with doubt and insecurity and left wondering whether or not others see your abilities waning. But simply, despite all your efforts, you are growing less confident and less productive, which not only feels terrible, but could realistically threaten your career if these feelings become a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's pretty scary, right? And we're just getting started. Now, let's look at the C, cynicism. It's normal every now and again to take a critical viewpoint of one's own work, employer, mission, and even identity. Skepticism can be quite healthy and productive. Cynicism, on the other hand, tends to operate more like a fire, consuming and destroying where it's left to run free. When we grow cynical about what we're doing, we're more likely to disengage with our work. Sometimes this is called depersonalization because it's a way of putting psychological distance between ourselves and what's going on around us. The less we engage, the less we care. Over time, that not caring is more easily twisted into something sour. Our negativity towards our work starts to become the primary lens through which we see everything. Now we don't just have bad days, we have a bad job. Our boss isn't imperfect, he's incompetent. Our life isn't difficult, it's impossible. You can see where this is headed and it's not good. If you're finding that on a regular basis you're no longer enjoying or feeling invested in your work, you might be experiencing cynicism. Now for E, exhaustion. Writing in the Harvard Business Review, Monique Valcour says, exhaustion is the central symptom of burnout, consisting of profound physical, cognitive, and emotional fatigue that undermines people's ability to work effectively and feel positive about what they're doing. Yeah, I've been there. It doesn't matter who you are, when human beings feel as though they can't catch up on rest, everything gets harder. And since we have managed to find ourselves living in a world where most of our jobs seem to require we remain plugged in on some level 24 seven, it's pretty damn hard to ever fully unplug, take a load off and actually recharge. So, are you burned out? Take a survey of your life and ask to what degree you feel ineffective, cynical, and exhausted. Let's assume now that you are burned out. If you are, how can you keep the burnout from acting as a bridge to clinical depression? Now, this is where a lot of experts would start talking about self-care. You need to remember to walk your dog and get your nails done. Leave the office early and go to the gym. Don't forget to hang out with your friends and read your favorite authors and have loads of fun on the weekends. Oh, and make sure you also sleep nine hours every single night. Look, all of that stuff is important, but I'd like to offer you something you might not hear in the typical conversation on self-care that comes from a theory called self-determination. This theory has a lot to say about human behavior that I can't cover in this episode. But one of its more helpful contributions is its identification of three psychological needs, competency, autonomy, and relatedness. The mnemonic I use here is CAR, C-A-R. Self-determination theory suggests that humans have a fundamental need to feel competent or effective at what we do. We need to feel like we can influence our environment and that our actions matter. You can think of this need for competency as a need for control. In life, we don't have to control much, nor can we. But we do need some place or activity where we feel as though we are an expert. It doesn't need to be complicated. We don't have to master brain surgery to experience this. It can be as simple as keeping our bedroom organized or paying the bills on time. Maybe checking the mail regularly or maintaining basic hygiene will do the trick. We also have a need for autonomy or self-direction. This is the A. We don't like to feel coerced into action. In life, there will always be times when we must do things we don't want to do, but for the most part, we function better if we feel like we're choosing the life we're living. This need for autonomy is something that drives us to be independent and self-sufficient. It's healthy. We want to be able to make our own decisions and chart our own course of life. This doesn't mean that we don't value the input of others, but rather that we want the final say in what we do. Lastly, the R. We desperately desire intimate connection with other people. Relatedness. Human beings are simply not designed to do this life on our own. We need to be close to others. We need to love and be loved. When we aren't, we suffer. Loneliness is its own kind of plague, and the pandemic has brought this fact into the wide open for everyone to see. This is why even in the darkest of times, we must find ways to connect with others. We have got to reach out and touch someone figuratively, if not literally. Come on now. We must let others know that we are there for them and that we care about them and that we want to help however we can. Because in the end, human connection is all that we really have. I've heard it said that all of us are just walking each other home And I think that's right. Okay, time for a quick review. How do we know we're approaching burnout or that we've already arrived? Do we feel like we've been put on ice? Are we feeling ineffective, cynical, and exhausted? If so, time to get in a car and go someplace else. Competency, autonomy, and relatedness. You get the idea. Examine your life through the three psychological needs I mentioned. Do you feel competent at something? Are you autonomous and in control of your life? Do you consistently engage with intimate friendships, allowing yourself the opportunity to connect with others and be known by others? Tending to these three needs won't solve every difficulty in your life, but it's hard to imagine not feeling at least a little bit better when you're able to confidently say you experience competency, autonomy,
0: and meaningful relationships. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it was time well spent. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And come find me online on Instagram at Waller or my website, RyanCaseyWaller.com. See you next week. Until then, may the path you're walking be filled with curiosity, peace, and love.